Hello, my name is Kay and Rob is out of town. So my guest co-host Julius is here. Julia is here with us today. Hi, Julia. Hi, happy to be here. And this is episode 58 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all its forms from the perspective of writers just like you. This week, we're talking about the medium of independent TV uh, and the t independent TV pilots with Zach Morrison. Does that name sound familiar? Because it's Zach. He's the creator of our screenwriting drama theme song as well. So as always, we must first discuss screenwriting Twitter and what screenwriting Twitter is a Twitter about this week. So Zach, take it away. It's just another day in screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama. It's just another day in screenwriting drama. It's another day in screenwriting drama. All right, welcome Hi. back. Okay, so um, we've got a couple of hot button topics on Twitter this week. Um, probably one of the biggest ones is Elon Musk has gone through and finally put a ring on it and is going to, it now owns Twitter, right? How do we feel about that? It's weird. It does feel weird. <laughs> it's definitely strange. Weird. Uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely feel like um, I don't know if this person is really as concerned about free speech as maybe they they are put. He's putting on the pretense that he is. I have a feeling he's not going to like it when people start saying nasty things about him. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's it all feels like one of those things you're going to find on, what was it, like Death to 2020 and then now Death to 2022, where like the person's like, you know, the season of America is just really strange. Like, I feel like we just upped it. <laughs> we gave them all they needed. Yeah. We're, we're, I think we're in like season three of 2020 right now. Oh, yeah. America um, season three is yeah. a weird one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's either either we're going to go in this direction or it's going to end this, this series. You know, it just depends if the audience is ready for this, um, especially with all these new characters. Um, yeah, I, I think so. On top of that, I think what's kind of leading me into this Elon Musk thing is he's also hopping on Twitter and like posting some like sketchy articles uh saying like you know that that have a political slant like Hillary Clinton posted today on Twitter about the uh Nancy Pelosi's husband being attacked uh in his own home and Elon Musk put an article up and said well maybe it's not what we thought it was implying that it was some sort of drunk altercation in his own home and uh you know so when you have like the creator of Twitter passing some of these like uh uh, sketchy news outlets the same news outlet by the way says uh hillary clinton is dead um and he's posting on her twitter um so so it's it's just really kind of uh ruining some legitimacy i think of of passing around news and information and media maybe i'm just a purist but uh it definitely it definitely kind of just feels a little cesspooly yeah it's oh Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like he should just leave that to screenwriting Twitter. We were doing so well on our own. Like, get out of our sandbox. <laughs> we spread this information all, all, all day. This one's so much scarier and broader. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like a, you know, with great power comes great responsibility conversation. And, and I was like, I was a journalism major in undergrad, and we took classes at multiple semesters of, like, media ethics courses. And, like, I don't know. It's, I feel like he thinks it's a game, and that's not cool. You know, like he, he yeah. his sense of humor is just atrocious to begin with. And I don't know. I just, I can never tell with him if he's like, 
trolling like for the sake of just because he can or if he really means it and it's i don't know i'm i don't know what to think <laughs> about even, him at the moment that is the scary thing is like even if he just thinks it's a big chess game and goes why doesn't everybody else realize that this is funny like there's a decent part of people and not just some of the lower parts of florida that are like what this is so serious this is right this is for middle real florida <laughs> middle florida too don't forget middle florida uh, oh, there's, there's a lot lots of medals that i feel like they're like yes this is the truth <laughs> i think <laughs> i think it kind of i think it kind of definitely belies like we had the same issue with trump he would say shit and i'm like do you even like did this happen was this real do you believe this i don't even know um and then we're kind of experiencing this as well with kanye or Yi, um you know walking around and saying just like some, some ridiculous shit not to mention some very um anti-semitic shit um, you know, I caught an article just last week where he was claiming that Quentin Tarantino ripped him off for Django Unchained and it was really his idea sort of stuff like that. And like, do you believe that? Or are you just getting attention? Like, what is it? Um, and I think, I think it's the same for Elon. Like, I don't know if we'll ever fully know what's real or what's not with this, with this particular person, but especially not through like a Twitter post. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it just goes to show how everyone like as a media consumer as like someone who's on the receiving end of everything like you have to you know you check your sources and if you see something crazy check five other places to see if they also say the same crazy and if they don't then maybe the crazy guy's the crazy one and and <laughs> it, but it, but it's like i don't know especially with like the, the kanye stuff and like the the people on the bridge like i don't know words famous people with influence have power and like a, you say something and then there's consequences to saying something so right i don't know i i hope i hope that it it works out and i'm like terrified to see where it goes you know right right i would say there are some people who are leaving twitter and they you know they're washing their hands of it but for the most part people are staying put and seeing what's happening um and seeing how it goes what about you guys are you keeping your accounts or are you venturing out I mean, mine's too inactive, I think, for it to be relevant, but uh, I think I will continue to lurk. <laughs> uh, even today, I was like, when you sent me the outline, I was like, you know what, let me let me see what this is all about. But yeah, it's, I, I find am... it to be a dumpster fire anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm keeping mine. I have a lot of friends who are not in entertainment, who are like not writers, not artists, and they're like, oh yeah, just, you know, like Twitter's dumb, just dump Twitter. And I'm like, I, I, I can't, like it's, there's so much like, community built from it that i don't know i feel like doing jumping off twitter right now i, I don't want to lock myself in a cave you know and it's I, i'm scared i'm scared of of having to do that just because it's been such there's so much good that's come from it at the moment but i know Absolutely. that there's also a bunch of terrible that's currently happening so i'm, I'm struggling with it a lot uh that's part of 2020 season three as there's a lot of terrible happening yeah um, well i want to talk about something not as terrible it's terrible for us because we're not there uh but <laughs> uh austin film festival is in full effect and we had a lot of award winners last night on twitter showing off their awesome awards and the pitch fest it was basically uh especially if you were on twitter um if you weren't there you sure as heck started to feel like you were there with all the pictures and whatnot um yeah it was great everyone seemed like they were having a great time 
Um, I almost don't want to dig deeper and find out any darker, more sinister story. <laughs> I just want it to be like, this was great. Everyone had a good time. Uh, you know, everything is great. Um, yeah. I've never been, I've never been to Austin, but it's probably like number one on my wish list. That, that and, and South by those two, like, I really want to, I really want to get to. Um, but I've been like, just cause I, like, I'm also a filmmaker and I'm like, I, I, I don't want to go unless they ask me to go, you know, yes. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for like the year I am like on a, a short list or something so I can go and like enjoy it. But I, I was so stoked to see like just people who have, I've never met in reality, but like it, through like the Twitterverse, seeing them win the stuff and the post of the trophies, like it's been so awesome. Um, so I, I have this like magical vision of what Austin is like and I hope everybody it's like gets a trophy. Yeah, I hope it's like <laughs> that for everybody. Yeah, uh, everybody's at this. Yeah, I have I have yet to go myself uh, as well, even though it does seem like a very fun time. But what I learned is everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets a <laughs> copy of their script. Everybody is like drinking at Sean Colin Smith's like a uh, hotel room. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and like all these people in the Twitter sphere are like just coming together and you're like, I didn't know this person knew this person knew this person and it's great. Um, and then uh, I just, I just hope they're having the best of time uh, for me because I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm, con I'm convinced that Sean is the mayor of Austin. I just, I think he is, that, that's just like, that's where he lives now. I would not be surprised. He's trying to look like the mayor of Halloween Town after Austin. He's like another three hundred and sixty-four days. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone and else is like, "You're a successful writer. You know, you're fine. You have plenty of things to do in that time." And he's like, "It's not Austin." It's not I believe Austin. him and Allison could. If there was an election for like some kind of screenwriting competition, him and Allison would have it in the bag. I was like, "Look at you guys. You're a perfect couple." Oh yeah, especially when they have the pictures of them posing with their cats. I'm like, this cannot be topped. They have my book. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, I want to jump us into really what we're here to talk about today, which is something I'm, Rob is very jealous he can't be here today because he loves the kind of emergence of the indie pilot that's been coming out here. Yeah. And Zach is kind of like us going straight to the source because he has done it, ladies and gentlemen. He made an indie pilot. It is called Canusa Street. And we are going to learn all about Zach's journey here and find out about where indie pilots kind of live. Um, Zach, first of all, just so people at home uh, learn more about you, how did you get involved in film? Oh, man. Um, yeah, first of all, I just want to say it's, it's an honor to be a guest on a podcast that I've like my voice has been on for a while. I know, right? Uh, this is so, this is so strange. It's never happened. I've like done some like friends podcast before, but I've never been the theme song of a podcast. <laughs> I know. So. And I was like, well, why don't we bring him back? He already gave us a song. He's definitely going to tell <laughs> us how to make an indie pilot. Um, and this just shows that screw you, you're multi-talented, we're all jealous um, <laughs> in the best of ways. Okay, so let's find out about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I like, I got into filmmaking really early and, and it, it's been a blessing in disguise because when I was like a kid, I knew I wanted to be like a filmmaker and a writer and um, and a, you know, comedian. And so like, I was able to folk start young. Um, I was really into like Legos as a kid. And I think this was like, 1999 or 2000 like it was like definitely like pre 9-11 um for christmas one year we like every year we would do a lego set for that was like the big toy thing 
you know, on Christmas day with my, oh, like, yeah. my grandparents. Oh. And, um, one year the, the Lego set was like a Steven Spielberg Lego set. It was, it, you know, like you built the little back lot of a movie set and you built like, there's a dinosaur and, but you also had like the, the, you know, the crew and the lights and the whole thing and a thing. But the coolest part was it came with this little like USB webcam, like circa, you know, 1999 windows 95, like webcam that you could plug in. And in the, the instruction book, where like that showed you how to build the set you flipped it over and it was a storyboard for how to shoot your little lego movie movie oh yeah and it came with this very basic editing software again this was a kid's toy um and it like it broke my brain uh and i never played with legos ever again because now i had a camera and editing software and i could tell stories <laughs> so um, well, I did not think this through. <laughs> no no they 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 ruined uh like probably my parents life because i think they wanted me to go into like finance or business or some shit and <laughs> that was that was not yeah. the case anymore um yes yeah, so i've been you know getting into all this stuff ever since i was little and then you know went to went to rutgers in new jersey and and did short films there and and did a bunch of comedy sketches and stuff and then i get went on to get my mfa at, at columbia in new york in television writing and 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 yeah, so this has kind of been like the the single tunnel vision focus for for a while now. But no, and it seems like it has to be right that tunnel vision. It's like once you enter into this, like anything else, you're like, yeah, that's ten percent of energy that is already needs to be somewhere else. Where I need two hundred percent. Right. <laughs> it's like at, at this point, like I'm in too deep to <laughs> to pivot and do anything else. Like I have no practical life skills. I would totally. <laughs> I would totally lose if like the zombie apocalypse happened, but like if they needed to make a movie during it, I'd, I'd be good. So it'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. You'd be ready to go. You can definitely, you can definitely report and follow and maybe build a beautiful narrative about a zombie finally <laughs> reuniting with their loved one. Probably a valuable life skill in LA in the zombie apocalypse. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> people will want it. <laughs> I will say, oh, sorry. Um, oh, no, but- no, go on. I was on uh, Julia's short film recently this past spring, and I think I saw the moment where she was like locked in and ruined forever. Uh, <laughs> like it was Which like one? day two on, it was like day one on set and like everyone was wrapping up for the day and she had this look like I can keep going. Oh she's yeah. Like, 100%. She's, like, she's like, let's go more, more, more. Yeah. And everyone's like, stand down. Uh, and then oh, the next yeah. day she was there like before anybody and I was like oh no she wants another hit give yeah. me more give me yeah. more oh yeah like and there's just you're on this crazy level of adrenaline I mean as you know for you especially like indie filmmaking so you're just like oh yeah the pre-production you just, I mean getting K's with me every step of the way you're just so insane and on such a different level that you like when you actually are filming you have to like bring your energy from pre-production to production and it's it is a different energy totally it's like it's like two months of running on pure adrenaline, right? Like you don't (laughs) need coffee. You don't need coffee. Doesn't do anything for you at that point, because like, it is just pure like endorphins. And then, you know, that rides you through from pre-production high into production and there's no sleep for like two weeks. And then you crash for like three months after, because you've realized you've been destroying your body (laughs) and not sleeping. Absolutely. If you don't get a cold immediately after wrapping, that makes you not go to the wrap party. Yeah, you even yeah. do it right. <laughs> Are you even indie filmmaking? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so I feel like I feel like good. We know you. 
I feel like you're one of us in the indie world. Uh, tell us about Canusa Street. Um, you know, for some folks, they may not know the premise. I know you're on Twitter and you've got this beautiful poster. Um, you guys should check it out. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes. But tell us about the premise and 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 uh, what you what your show's about. Yeah, and shout out to Connor Simpson for designing the poster. We were classmates at Columbia. He's a good buddy of mine out in LA. And and yeah, he for all your poster one sheet needs, uh, go to Connor. Um, Absolutely. But but yeah, so the Canusa Street, it's um it's a half hour sitcom, very much in like the NBC vein of like Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Rec, um, uh, the the Good Place, you know, like that kind of the kind of comedy show that I. I love watching, you know, um, and, and yeah, it's about U.S. Border Patrol agents in a town in Vermont where the U.S.-Canada border cuts the town right in half. Um, and it's a very real town that exists like in the world. It's called Derby Line, Vermont. You can go look it up. It's on a map. Uh, and there's, you know, there's this road named Canusa Street, which is like their international border is a road. And on one side of the street is American houses. The other side of the street is Canadian houses. And it's an international felony to walk across the street to your neighbor's house. And that to me is hilarious. So um, when, when 2020 hit, I needed like a fuck it project to keep myself sane. And that's kind of how I started. You know, I, I just felt like there was an article about this town because when we closed the borders for COVID, we're like, oh shit, this town has one grocery store and it's on the Canadian side and one gas station and it's on the American side. We screwed up. What do we do? <laughs> um so so i like i fell in love with this town and i kind of unpacked uh like uh, from years prior i kind of wrote like a, a sketch of an idea tangentially similar but like kind of not really and i just started uh, like opening the story up again and and it became something to write but um yeah it's it's like it's a very goofy jokey show with silly characters and you know broad strokes humor because again that's that's the kind of stuff i i like to watch so uh yeah it's it's been a fun a fun project so far and one thing i could say is there are so many canadian jokes um if you're like <laughs> i don't know if it's got enough canadian jokes i assure you zach made sure there's so many you can't even imagine them all they feel um, the Canadians right. will feel seen. <laughs> Canadians will feel seen and uncomfortable on how seen they will feel. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I I got a chance uh, to get a to to see an early an early cut of it. But it's really funny stuff. I definitely agree with your comps. Like it's um uh, definitely got this like irreverent character based humor, and you know it definitely has like a Parks and Rec vibe. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. And I think that irreverence really just like, first of all, I think it's, I'm not surprised that you started working on this in 2020 when everything was doom and gloom. And it's like, <laughs> it's a bright little beacon of saying like, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to have the world weighing on you for 30 minutes. You can just watch and enjoy these people. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that was a takeaway for you because I like, as I love like the streaming boom, this like golden age of TV, whatever you want to call it. I think it's great. I love that. Like there are so many things out there. We're getting so much stuff, but I have been struggling with the lack of lighthearted, haha, jokey, funny shows in place of these like nine hour movies that we're getting in, in streaming land. And don't get me wrong. I love everything Marvel and star Wars and like everything that's happening Stranger is things. great. Yeah. Stranger things like WandaVision was beautiful. And like, there's so many good stuff out there. But the idea that like we're we're drifting away from 
true episodic story of the week character-driven narrative that wraps up in a tight little bow at the end and then we have an episode two that's a totally different story like that we don't have that as much like the network sitcom is is a casualty of streaming at the moment and so um you know when the world was on fire literally at, at that point in 2020 i think that's there when some the, california fires there, yeah and i was i was uh in la for all of 2020 and uh, just i could i could smell the fire from my apartment because I couldn't go outside but but yeah so I like that's just the kind of show that again that like I grew up watching and I I feel like there's a a a want or a need for that kind of comedy right now you know fast forward to season three of 2020 I I still think so (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's definitely true I mean look how many people re-watch the office and Parks yeah. and Rec. I mean I still re-watch Friends I just started binging It's Always Sunny like a lot of those shows like that you're talking about they do wrap up or in It's Always Sunny's case they don't and it's just hilarious you know you're just like I guess yeah. that happened and that's cool <laughs> but you you just can laugh and I think I was talking to somebody about this last night about the show The Great which is truly funny it really is but it's sometimes it's the kind of show you don't necessarily laugh out loud you just sit to yourself and you're like that is really funny and well written and it's not the same thing as like a true broad stroke belly laugh like I can't think of that many shows that do that I think they even made that joke on uh reboot you know because they're they're kind of making that sitcom while making a streaming show (laughs) you know but they they walk a really fine nice line with that but I mean even that is still it is streaming and that's the joke of it like you just don't have that same kind of humor and I have not seen your full pilot but I was able to see the sizzle reel and that is that's absolutely what came across you're like I'm gonna (laughs) genuinely laugh out loud (laughs) thank you I I I've been living with it for so long that I I don't know if it's funny <laughs> like just like living in the edit in editing hell for a while like oh yeah that's I know like objectively where the jokes are but uh we we did a, a cast and crew screening at Catalyst Festival in in Minnesota um a couple weeks ago and like that was the first time I played it in a room for people <laughs> so it just it was great it was truly a wonderful thing to hear like jokes land out loud and um you know so I'm glad I'm glad it's is playing for you guys too absolutely isn't that the craziest experience editing a comedy where you're just like <laughs> everything is in pieces and all you know is what you wanted to happen and you're like please get there <laughs> oh it's total it's total chaos and I'm like absolutely the like the type a like I have to edit my own films because like I don't know I I don't trust someone else like you can't read my mind so how could we possibly work <laughs> together you know which is insane but um but yeah like I've been I've been in post we shot in April and I've been in post since May. I actually, I, I was out in LA this summer to do like basically an editing retreat and just cut the show at a, a friend's house in LA for a month. Um, but yeah, it's nice to like finally be coming up for air. Yeah, especially, I didn't know you edited the whole thing. That's that's really impressive too. And I mean, such an awesome thing for indie fil- filmmaking too, because that's half of it is going like, okay, well, who really wants to do this? But, you know, we'll work for nothing. And you're like, this guy right, right here. <laughs> Always handy. I can, I can pay myself nothing and get away with it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's ethical. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm ambitious with like low standards. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> pay myself and exposure dollars that is the funny thing about indie filmmaking where suddenly you can't find the person or you don't have the budget and you say like I remember from my first short film we had a editor and then the editor bounced because well you know how it goes they've probably got a paying job and needed to pay their rent and suddenly it was just me cracking open Premiere Pro and a bunch yeah. of YouTube tutorials and going okay we're gonna do this like this is what I can afford 
And, um, and it's amazing what sort of skill sets you pick up when you're kind of doing this like DIY and fill in the blanks um process although it's nicer when there are other people (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely it's definitely nicer and like canusa street was the it was the largest i mean production i've ever done from like size of the crew to the budget level to just the whole scope and scale of it but so it's ruined you know the the super low budget diy let's like let me direct and hold the boom pole at the same time kind of filmmaking because I don't want to do that ever again, <laughs> but like, but all the, you know, back in, back in college doing like our, our student films, like at Rutgers, it was totally out of necessity. I no, I didn't have a, a camera guy. So like I would direct by also holding the camera and there were times where I've like boomed and held like, you know, so you just, you have to do those things um, because you just have to get it in the can however you can when you're starting out. But yeah. now it, like, it is nice to have like, like a caterer on set. <laughs> you know, it's like real, it's really great to have like those little things or, or to be able to afford like a second, second AD, you know? Yes. What, what a luxury is a second, second <laughs> AD. I'm, sometimes I'm like, ah, uh, I'm like, what do you mean? You're going to go wrangle all the, yes, go wrangle all those yes. people. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely wonderful to have kind of a full set, especially because you were kind of wrangling an entire town. This was yeah, I just want to say, folks, this is not like a one location sort of situation. This was like a full, the town is a character here and we're going all over the town. So uh, Zach was, you know, he was, he was, you know, uh, galloping through uh, <laughs> Street, so to speak, and trying to get everyone to, to do what they needed to do. Um, so I do want to ask, what made you say, this is the one I have to film this one? Well, it's, it's funny because if you, if you ask me this question, two years ago like hey are you ever going to shoot like are you going to shoot this indie pilot i would have said no fucking way you're insane that's that's a terrible business decision don't ever do that um but you know uh i i feel like a and and to get into like the trends of the industry and stuff which i know you want to talk about kind of later but like i I feel like things are, are the pendulum is swinging towards towards accepting this stuff again you know yeah but also like I, I, you know, I've done a bunch of short films. I've done like the college student films. I've done like the, the grad school level student films and shorts. And like my, my last short from 2019 was a a musical project and it it won like the student Emmy and that brought me out to LA and that kind of like jumpstarted a lot of stuff. And now I was like, okay, I need to like shorts. We're good on shorts. We've done that. Let's do it's feature time, you know? No more shirts, pants only from now. Yeah. It's like strictly, strictly pants, you know? Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I've just, I've been looking for that, like that first big thing, because I feel like for a filmmaker, it's so hard to, to get that first feature project made that like, oftentimes that's that it never happens. And so I wanted to make sure like, all right, I'm not going to live in just like short form content land forever. I, I got into this because I want to be a filmmaker. Let's make a film. So, um, you know, I, I wrote, uh, wrote this script back in 2020 and it was just like a fun, let me you know, let me just write it because I have to like stay sane. And and we did a table read at the end of the year in like November, 2020. And it was great. And I even remember I like told like my actors that I casted for in an email, like, I will never shoot this. When we do the talk back, let's not talk about how the hell are you going to shoot this like producery notes. Let's just talk about the jokes Um, and famous last words, you know? And so then like 2021 rolls around and I throw the script on a shelf and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, feature film mode let's like what's going to be like the clerks 
for 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 me for you. you know yeah yeah because i'm from new jersey so like kevin smith is up there with like bruce springsteen and john bon jovi is like the 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 peak new jersey pantheon you know how, how um, am i the fourth face that appears right yeah. <laughs> well it's it, it's like i like i grew up a town like a town south for me was was uh, springsteen's hometown a town west of me was john bon jovi's hometown and like sinatra is also so like I, you grow up in this area of like you know, like, what are you going to do? You got like, it's that New Jersey, you got to go make a name for yourself thing. So like, that's always been the, where I've been from. And so that's kind of how I was like, oh, like, what's my story? What am I like, what's the story I'm going to share with people? And, and so I always you know, wanted to do that, that big thing. And, and I spent most of 2021, tr like trying to write that, like, you know, what's, what's going to be that first, you know, artistic kind of coming out statement for me as, as a filmmaker. And I was striking out like I, a bunch of bad script ideas, a bunch of terrible, like half-baked premises. And, um, and then like, meanwhile, I sent Canusa street off to a couple screenwriting competitions. It was like a quarter finalist for, for pipeline and like a semi-finalist for uh, screen crafting. I think I forget, like there were, there were a couple like quarter finalist, semi-finalist, nothing big. It didn't win anything. Um, Just and then yeah yeah like it was like it was, I was like this is cool this is great if this is all this pilot ever does I it was a staffing sample for me like I was like oh I, I will use this to get on a show I to have get not on the next Mike Michael Schur show right right I, yeah. uh Michael Schur has not given me a call I have not been staffed on <laughs> on a maybe. show with this we yet we don't know but maybe he listens to this podcast that'd be great uh, my my phone number is uh available somewhere <laughs> I guess um reach out yeah, to so... Rob we'll hook it up Michael yeah <laughs> But yeah, so like, I just, I, I never thought the script was going to like do anything. And then um, fast forward to, this is like now August of 2021. I'm working at, at I was back at NBC working at the Kids Tonight Show. They did like a Fallon spinoff where eight-year-olds hosted a talk show. It was adorable. I was a script coordinator on it. It was really successful in Fallon, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a really fun time. Um, and then at work like the it pinged on the blacklist and like got 30 downloads in like a day it was just like download 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 it's just like it had a moment and then it gets an eight and then that like creates the feedback cycle of they tweet about it and like so just that thing started happening out of the blue like i it just kind of randomly and then more and more stuff you know and so it was like having a, a beat there and then it got into uh catalyst festival which is the old itv fest like the independent television festival they've rebranded as catalyst and now they're based out of duluth minnesota and it gets in there as a um as one of their selections for the pilot competition and so um went out to duluth my first time at catalyst it was an amazing experience it had it had what i imagine austin film fest feels like but a much smaller scale like very maybe, maybe colder very much colder yeah okay. a lot colder uh, but very like writer friendly very like community driven and um, and the pilot ends up winning the screenwriting competition for the festival. And while I was there, I like got, you know, the talk to all the Minnesota like film commission people. And they were like, Hey, are you going to shoot this? And I'm like, no, cause it's a pilot, you know? And, um, but then they, they showed me, um, Minnesota has like incredible production incentives. Like, uh, there's multiple rebates that stack that gets you upwards of 75% back on every dollar for every line item. Um, so it's like, it's 75% back and it's not even a, it's not even a tax credit. It's a cash back rebate. Like they cut you a check, you wow. know? So it just like, it absolutely insane does not happen anywhere in indie filmmaking land, not even in Georgia. 
I think like maybe New Mexico has something similar, but like just it, I had to have them explain it to me multiple times. I'm like, wait, 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 just like, tell me again. I, I, you can get upwards of 75% back on everything you spent. They're like, yeah. It's like, holy shit, you know? So that got that thing spinning. And then meanwhile, like the buzz from the script continued and um, yeah, like a, a, a couple like contacts of mine from just like my personal network that, you know, over the years, they've been like following my career and they're like, Hey, when, it, when the big one comes, let me know, you know? And after the buzz of the, winning the festival came around, they were like, Hey, is this the big one? And I'm like, maybe, you know, like maybe this is it. And that was a totally like long rambling winded way of answering your question but it's just it kind of like the and the moral of the story is like it's just started snowballing and it eventually became this like uh, you know i i'm not going to say no if the universe is pushing me in this direction i'm just gonna like yes and this moment and yeah and then kind of following where it, it left and then so that was like i don't know october of 2021 is when we got our first money in to potentially shoot the thing and i brought my producer on board and and then in April, we we shot, so it was like within the calendar year um, of, of a twelve month thing. So yeah, it's just like it just kind of became this thing where I just like I couldn't not do it because everything was lining up. And then we found the town of Chisholm, Minnesota, where we shot the thing, and we went up to Location Scout, and like everything we needed was in walking distance of home base. Wow. Our our biggest oh. crew move was a five minute walk. Wow. <laughs> my producer heart just fluttered it was just like <gasps> yeah and like our we we partnered with um lost 40 studios which is a production company um set in like in the northland up there and they have like they've taken over the footprint of this town hall building like they're building a sound stage underneath city hall to drive to bring productions in and they were great to work with and just again like the whole experience it was too good to be true you know that's, that's awesome. i mean that makes all the sense you're like how do i become that fourth member in the jersey band i'm gonna go to canada or minnesota right, and right. i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot <laughs> new jersey will be proud <laughs> i'm i'm sure they are um so i just have a, a couple more questions um so for canusa street do you see this kind of like as you said like brooklyn line nine do you feel like this is something that's good for network or also streaming I mean, I, I, yes, yes <laughs> like who, whoever, whoever wants to pick us up, you know? Um, right. no, but I, I, like, I, I set out when I set out to write this, I specifically set out to write a network comedy sample, you know? And so for like, from, from jokes per page to built-in act breaks to like the whole thing, I wanted this to be like structurally like a network comedy sample, um, it definitely, it definitely has those legs where you can definitely see like it could live there thanks i mean i like i that you know i hope so i hope that people i hope people see that but uh you know so like what on the page that's that's what it was and then you know you bring that into production on an indie scale and it kind of you know the single camera vibe starts to like take over and because just logistically it, you know so that's it's kind of in this like it could go network it could go streaming but it's definitely not like an hbo half hour you know it's <laughs> it's not it's, it's not, it's not that no yeah. it's not it's not anything like uh euphoria or insecure or anything like that euphoria set in canada what would that look like that's the <laughs> grassy high <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so um what's interesting is the world of in the TV pilots, I, I you said I was going to talk about it later. It's later. 
Um, how do you feel, uh, you know, for people who are listening in thinking maybe I have an indie TV pilot in me, maybe I could make something like, what do you feel about the landscape for, for this land? Because, you know, Rob, Rob is so jealous. He's not here right now because he thinks it's the wave of the future. Um, yeah. let me hear your thoughts. I mean, I think Rob's thoughts are right on the money. Like I, it's, I mean, case in point, Tribeca dropped the name film from their festival. They're yeah. now tri their Tribeca Festival, you know, so because they they do TV, they do film, they do content, they do VR. I mean, that's look at every major festival right now has an independent TV category, which is insane. It used to it used to just be, um, you know, ITV Fest, which is now Catalyst Festival and Series Fest in, in Denver. And now Sundance, South by Tribeca, Toronto, you know, they all they all do it. They all do independent TV. And it's it's interesting because I feel like in the early like the late aughts early like 2010s there was a moment where you had like the web series had a had a, a beat right like there was the web right. series was a thing because always sunny got picked up and high maintenance got picked up broad city got picked up like the the idea that you could make it an in independent web series it could live on youtube and vimeo and then comedy central would pick it up like that was a thing that was happening in like 2011 you know? That's true because I I ended up watching the Guild and then like yeah. on Netflix and we would just binge Love it. The Guild. Yeah, yeah, or, or like or you know even again like Always Sunny I think is a prime a prime example. A good example. And there's yeah. and there's just I someone mentioned to me that Ghosts like which is now on CBS is uh started as an indie pilot and I don't quote me on that oh. but I, I'm trying to I don't I, know but I think I was watching so it's based on a British show called okay. Ghosts which is great as well they go in slightly different directions if one is like more british -y humor yeah. um the british people are more british -y. um <laughs> no and they have slightly different characters because obviously some of the right. that are dead in the uk are not the same that are dead here um but uh they had a comedy troupe that i think was their like project before this and they would do like um sketches of like yeah horrible characters in history so it was definitely like definitely sketch-based Oh, I mean, but that's even even that. Like, look at you know the the please don't destroy guys on SNL. Yeah. Like, we yeah. we were we were we were actually all interns together at at SNL, and like oh, they wow. they their sketch stuff blew up over the pandemic, and that now that's a thing. It's like I feel like the you know there was a gap in like from like 2013 to like I don't know 2017 2018 where web series kind of died off, and that wasn't happening because streaming was just starting to pick up. And now, fast like uh, even you know the pendulum swinging the other way, and now like I think, hey, all of these festivals are realizing that they're you know they've been sleeping on like the indie web series essentially for almost ten years. Um, all of these you know streamers realize like they need content now, and there's not enough stuff in development. Where and we're still feeling the effects of the pandemic shutting development down. You know we're yes. still feeling that now. So. Um, I don't know. I just feel like everyone is sort of realizing, oh, hey, there's an entire medium that we've been sleeping on for a decade because high maintenance went off the air and we just forgot that it started as a web series, you know? So I'm I'm excited. And that's kind of what I'm like, that's kind of why to go back to why I felt now is the time to do Canusa Street. It's like, I think we're right at the point where you're going to see a boom of this kind of stuff because filmmaking is so affordable now, but it's also like impossible to get a show greenlit. And so I don't know, there's, 
I, I come from the DIY side of things. So it's like, why wouldn't you shoot something? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think, I think you will not hear any naysayers on this show uh, unless they're just trying to be a butt. Um, but, <laughs> and just uh, to, to be the sand of my oyster. Um, so you mentioned Sundance. This, what I think is interesting is Sundance, this is their first year doing a TV pilot yeah. category. So this is like, we're cutting edge. I mean, how often does Sundance add a category? Yeah, they. I, I think, that, so I think last year, uh, a friend of mine was, I think was in it last year. And so okay. I think this is maybe the second year, um, okay. but, but like it was, it, it was still, it was very small and total like sidebar, like kind of a thing. And so, you know, but the fact that Sundance is in on it now, Slamdance is doing it, Cinequest, yeah. I mean, a bunch of them, all the ones that, that we submitted to are, are doing it now. And so um, I don't know, I like, I don't know if the industry as far as like development side of stuff knows what to do with it yet. But the fact that your, your, your like content aggregates, like your festivals are hosting it. I think that's a sign that like, give it a year, give it two years, whatever it is, you know, you're going to start looking at, I don't know. There's no, and there's no reason Disney plus can't like just put up independent projects, you know, like even, even the short, like the short film on, on streaming, is a totally untapped space right now. So yeah, every once in a while, Netflix or so will do some short films or some Oscar nominated ones, but um, people will watch it, you know, yeah. watch anything. Yeah. And because everyone's, everyone's looking for, it. oh, yeah. for sure. Like we're, everyone wants the new squid game now and not that we yeah. want a new show about murdering and killing people in a game show, but like, I feel like everyone wants to discover something on these platforms and yeah. you know, that's, for better or worse the the platforms are, are what they are so i like i don't know the the possibilities out there are exciting to me as a creator and so i i feel like we're kind of waiting for again we're waiting for your studios to realize what to do with this you know untapped talent pool of independent creators all across the country but until they do let's make the thing and, and be ready for them right 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 and start getting the fans together because i think that's one of the things that's been great for like web series in short form is realizing like oh people already like this content you know yeah. it has a place people get it um proof of concept type of thing is there um so rob's not here but uh we're gonna ask you two signature questions that we great. always do with every person we interview julia do you want to ask one yes which would be do you, you yeah. like drum roll <laughs> Do you like to write? The thing that oftentimes writers still answer, no. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> um, I like I enjoy writing. I I physically hate writing. <laughs> like I hate how writing makes me feel. Um, the act of writing is miserable, but I love writing because I don't know. I feel like we're lucky where we get to like this is our job. Like we get to do this. Um. And so the the act of making art is enjoyable, but the the process of doing it is terrible. Um, like I don't want to I don't want to so like I, I don't know I like I feel like you get a bunch of existential answers. Like I heard I think Aaron Sorkin in an interview once is like writing is pain and my status quo is pain. Like that's that's insane, you know. <laughs> that's like very um, like the whole like that's my yeah. secret. I'm always right. Like pain. I'm always in pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, like I I. I enjoy brainstorming. I, I think that like 
thinking up stuff, especially in comedy, like thinking up bits is hilarious uh, and, and fun and like just scribbling on a napkin at a bar or something. I, I really, really like doing um, when it comes down for sure. Oh yeah. No, like the, the, the brainstorm, like throwing stuff at the wall stuff like that. I love the, like actually sitting down to type like interior hallway, nighttime, <laughs> the ghost approaches the room. That sucks. I, I hate oh, that yeah. part. It's, it's, I think in rewriting too, like, which I know writing is rewriting, but I like to do as little <laughs> rewrites as possible. I will rewrite it in my brain and on cocktail napkins a hundred times, just so I don't have to rewrite an entire, like, you know, 60 page or. Oh you know, yeah. And, and I, I just don't have the patience for it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm such, I'm such like a handwriter too. Like I can't like open up final draft and cut and like write from the blank page monster. I have to like write out everything on like a legal pad and then like transcribe it um or a bar napkin or or wherever i am okay phase is the best phase <laughs> yeah so so the other signature question is do you outline or are you a pantser you just go all in what's what's a pantser like because okay, i literally just googled it, right calls it came yeah up. he calls it pantsing. <laughs> okay. like do you go by the seat of your pants or do you outline oh got it okay um you're like i do wear pants when yeah, I'm. yeah i do pants. wear well because I, I again we've evolved from shorts we're now pants wearers you know yeah. um so but like, no pants yeah i like i do both i mean like i I, I'm a structure nerd. Like I need, I need to break things down into like, you know, three act, eight sequence structure. I've been like recently on Twitter just for fun. I've been like doing these threads, breaking down, like, like my cousin Vinny or just movies that are not taught in film school, but like teaching them like a film school movie, like breaking them down into three act structure and the sequences and the act breaks and stuff. Um, and that's like, for me, that's fun. But when I'm writing a project, I need to sort of at least like map it out. You know, not necessarily like, like if we were in a writer's room, like an outline as in like the document that gets turned into the script. Um, I don't, for my stuff, I don't necessarily do that level of outlining, but um, it's a good skill to know how to have for when you do get into a writer's room. So that way you know how to do your job. Um, but there's also some, there's some pantsing. I mean, it, there's some, you know, again, it's, it's improv, right? So there's, there's some degree of like following your instinct and, and if you put, you know, you snow plow something and, oh, that's an interesting joke. I'm going to sand that in the next scene or whatever. Um, that happens too, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the middle. I know that's like a non-committal answer. You're straddling the line of Canusa Street right now at the <laughs> middle of the road. Um, yeah. Okay, I don't, I'll I don't think, accept it. I'll accept I, it. I don't think outlining and pantsing are mutually exclusive states of being. I, I agree with you. Uh, it just, I think, I think it, like if you have a good plan and outline, then you can fly by the seat of your pants through scene and things like yes. that. Yes. Like, okay. You, yeah. Yeah. By, by that, like if, if I do have to pick, I, I am an outliner, but there's a lot of pantsing involved in the process. I'll accept that. Um, I'm like 99% pantsing if I but which is awful and Kay has <laughs> turning my pantsing into an outline she's like what is this mishmash I was like they're words I just don't know how they become sentences yet <laughs> oh yeah sometimes she'll send me a google doc and it will just be like man blood and I'm like what is this what does Great. that mean yeah sometimes the subject just says sorry <laughs> <laughs> here you you deal with this do not yeah. recommend <laughs> 
Um, okay, so one thing we do in this section is what are we watching, consuming, and writing this week? I'm going to go first, and then you guys can share just a little bit of, uh, you know, <clears throat> being in the trenches with our fellow writers. So I have been watching The Great British Baking Show, and I was stunned, stunned this week to discover that British people have a lack of understanding about Mexican food. And uh, somebody peeled an avocado, like with a carrot peeler. And, and I like, I'm haunted. Um, additionally, they tried to make s'mores as well in the last episode, uh, which was not a s'more. They don't have the ingredients to make s'mores. Like we have graham crackers here. They don't, they have digestive biscuits and stuff. So uh, it was the most ridiculous s'more I've ever seen in my life. Um, and uh, I feel insulted. Uh, no. Kind of uh, still want to eat it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still probably delicious. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I've been also watching season two of The Vow, and uh, the, then the nice, happy, light show right now is Reboot, which is kind of like, it's a little bit of therapy. I also know, uh, like, I'm trying to work with one of the actresses in it, so I, every time I see her, I'm so excited. I'm like, go, 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 you're doing so good. Um, and then as far as writing, I am putting on a polish on my horror project with the uh, Cannibalistic Owl Women, so uh, it feels right to finish out the month of October this way. What about you guys? Take it away. <laughs> All right. Um, well, hey, that's all. I would love to hear about cannibalistic owl women at some point, because that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, so I am, um, I've been watching um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I love that show. It is, it is truly, truly incredible. Um, like I'm a huge sci-fi fan in general. Um, Stargate SG-1 was the show as a kid yeah. that I always watch. Again, like episodic story of the week storytelling so good. For, ten, for 10 seasons. And I like, I've loved like the, the Star Trek resurgence that's happened on CBS. Like Discovery is great. Picard's great. The fact that we're getting more of the JJ movies, like sign me up. Um, but I, well, I've truly fell in love with the Strange New Worlds because they're doing classic Trek. Like it's a- it's So classic. Monster of the week, Captain's log. Here's the here's the mission. Let's save the day. Let's do the thing. Solve the problem. And there's jokes and humor and funniness because the characters are so great. So um, it's it's I don't know. It, it's felt like a mix of both nostalgia and like very contemporary modern sensibilities. So um, I'm I'm really digging that. And then um, as far as like stuff that I'm writing, I'm trying to find like my new thing because like canusa street thank god is done <laughs> um, i can I, we're, it's it's out to festivals we're like doing some we're trying to you know do some meetings in development land and stuff with it but like the writing of it is done for now so i'm trying to find the new project i have like three three or four scripts of like half-baked completion i have like a horror feature that plays with like vr that i might nice. kind of fuck, fuck around with um i also like before the pandemic was adapting my short everything's fine into a musical series and so that's something i might also crack open but who knows you know we'll we'll see what tomorrow what crazy idea pops in my head tomorrow you know apparently the film writing gods will push you in the direction you need to go sometimes <laughs> maybe you should just yeah. open your ears and listen for it true um let's see what am i watching oh you know i'm a little late to the party but i've been binging mythic quest and i'm finally nice. done and very ready for the new season um i don't know how i missed it i didn't watch it the first year it was on and it is now like probably one of my favorite comedies ever it just blends 
all of the things that are great. It's one of those examples too, where it is the same crew from It's Always Sunny, like the writers and the producers, and it's kind of just them doing what they've done, but on like a way higher scale. <laughs> you know, it still feels like you're coming back to those really fun characters every week. And I used to work at GameStop and just that's a lot of my friends are, are gamers. And it's just the humor is really great. Like it's not too ridiculous to where you can't, ex you know, access it if it's not your thing, but there's... I don't know. It's the best thing ever. And I'm basically just trying to force people into it so I can talk about it. Kay knows that's like my thing. I'll find one <laughs> thing. Like, Somebody read comic books with me. Somebody watch the show. Let's start a book club. <laughs> um, so that's great. I, that's pretty much what I've been watching. Um, do writing. I've kind of been in the in post for the short film. So writing has eluded me. <laughs> I don't know why, but that feels like I writing three things at a time. If I'm just writing seems very doable doing post-production and writing one thing seems physically impossible. <laughs> and that's something I'm learning about myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm going to polish up some uh, some rewrites this week and then finally, finally, finally lock on the short, which is I can finally just, you know, gain my life and my brain back. It'll be great. A whole new world. I might just run around town singing a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> that's on awesome. Miracle Mile. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine made all seasons. <laughs> um, so great. Then um, we do have a resource of the week. Um, I'm leaning into Zach again on this. Zach has his own YouTube channel. So you can check out um, what's on your channel, Zach. So people know what that know what to expect. Yeah, it's a mix of, and it's it's just youtube.com slash Zach Morrison. Um, and, and it is a mix of, I started vlogging at one point, like, oh, I'm going to do a vlog on Canusa Street. And there's maybe four or five episodes, um, but like kind of talking about why we're doing it and some of the stuff we were talking about today. Um, and then there's also some of my short films are up on there. Some of these like weird sketches we did, did for BuzzFeed are on there. Uh, it's it's kind of a like a mishmash of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where my work is living for the time being. So check it out. Yeah. Go subscribe to that. We're going to include, uh, his channel in the show notes. So, uh, definitely check that out. Um, but it's pretty easy. Type in Zach Morrison on YouTube. He will show up. Okay. That is our show. Screenwriting from the trenches can currently be found on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts, as well as kevinlmartin.com. Our screenwriting Twitter dramas theme song was written by the one and only Zach Morrison here today. And he did give us permission. We did not steal that. And hey, since we're a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars on whatever platform you patronize because algorithms. For questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, email rob at rob at bespectaclemofo.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Rob is at bespectaclemofo. I am at K underscore Tufts. Uh, Julia, what's yours? Mine is Julia White at 777. Okay. And Zach, what, what is your Twitter handle? I am Zach Morrison 18. Okay. And these things as well as Rob's YouTube channel where he has a digital series, How to Make a Movie for $1,000, will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you will continue to do so. Uh, do one of you guys want to say the last line? This is like the signature line of our show. Zach, go ahead. Because you need this advice yourself since you're between projects. Now stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>